Okay, well, let's pray and we'll get started. Father, we just thank you for this time together, Lord, that we can come to the throne room, that we can climb up on your lap, that we can spend time with you, that we can hear our Master speak by way of the Holy Spirit, that Jesus talks to us, that He leads us, He guides us, and that faith comes. Faith comes. As we hear your word, faith comes. And we receive it, take it, and we operate in it, Lord, that we can receive your promises. We thank you, Lord Jesus, all that you've done for us. We thank you, Father, that you sent him. We thank you for the blood, and we thank you, Lord Jesus, that you sent the Holy Spirit who lives and abides in us, that he teaches us, leads us, guides us, just as you would. So we thank you for that. I thank you, Lord, that you have my mouth in you that I can share with the people what you would have me share. So I thank you for that. I praise you and give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Your title, if you need one, it's called Chasing Jesus. Amen. Amen. He should be the one we're chasing. All right. Hallelujah. Well, let me start. You can get to John 10, 10, and we're going to start there. We're going to go from John 10 to 10, 10 to 10, 18. But uh, before we get started, you know that everybody is chasing something on the face of this earth. Probably majority of it's not what they need to chase, but nonetheless, they're chasing it because they're looking for, they're looking for the happiness, uh, the fulfillment, all that they desire to have within their lives. And so it's in many different areas, okay? Uh, and they're chasing it. And we see it. So we have opportunity if we, if we stay on the inside and stay within the parameters of the Word of God, we can see those people and we can see actually what they are chasing and how vain that is. Because if you're not chasing Jesus, you're chasing the wrong thing. Because within Him, He gives us everything else. Amen? So it's important. And that includes, you know, other, other gods that people are chasing. They think they're chasing the right thing, but they're not. Because we know the truth. We have the truth. We know that Jesus is the truth and he is the only truth. Amen? Amen. Um, oh, and you know what? Probably we've all been in that place. Been seeking for what we want, what we desire. And I'm sure all of us weren't chasing Jesus at that some point in time in our life, and we were chasing something, whether it was a job, whether it was your business, whether it was your future fiancé, okay? But we all know about chasing things. It's just, it's common within man that we chase things, amen? So we need to know and get on track for the right thing, and we're just going to look at a few things here and see, <clears throat> and... Um, and you know what? We might find out we're still chasing the wrong things. Amen? Not on purpose, but because of what we're trying to do, what we're trying to get done. And you know what? I'm as guilty as the next person. I've got a business. I have people that I work for. And I'm trying to take care of them. And sometimes 
those things get in the way. And that's just the way it is. Uh, so, all right, John 10, 10. We're going to go to 10, 18, so let's watch, read this and see. And we, don't, we do know the thief comes not but to steal, kill, and destroy, but we're, we're wanting to look at what Jesus, he says, I have come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. All right, that word, the word more is not supposed to be in there, okay? That was put in by the English translation, and they said that pretty much takes away, and we'll go into some more of that stuff, okay? Um, oh, I'm sorry, I need to do 11 through 18. I'm sorry, did I mis misinform you all? I apologize. He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. <clears throat> but a hireling... He who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming, leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and he does not care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep and am known by my own. And as the Father knows me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. Therefore, my Father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it again, and no one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself, and I have the power to lay it down, and I have the power to take it again. This command I have received from my Father." Boy, there's a whole bunch in that. There's a whole bunch in that. But what we want to key in on is that he is the shepherd. He is the one that the sheep look to. And you know, I, and I don't know a whole lot about it, but I do know when the shepherd takes his sheep, they got a big sheep fold, and there's different shepherds have their sheep in different folds. But the shepherd's sheep know him, and they chase him to get into that fold where they're supposed to be. They go right in. They don't wander off. They pursue him and chase him because, one, they put their trust in him and they know that he has the betterment of their uh, life in his hands. Amen? So we know that. Uh, we know that Jesus has brought us life and we know that the main part of it is spiritual, but he's also brought us the physical part of it. Okay, um, it's been brought to us and it's been given to us. It's been given to us through his word and it's up to us to take hold of it and to possess it. So we cannot say, oh, it's, it's God's fault he didn't give it to know. It's been freely given to us. Amen. How many of you know when something's freely given, everybody in the country's chasing it? When it's freely given... If it's worth something, everybody will be chasing it. Amen. So it's up to us to take it and to hold it and to possess it. And it's important that we do that. All right. This is what that word abundant is. And, and like I said, when they put the English, when they put the more in there, they said it took away from the actual meaning of it. But the first word is superabundant. The second one is superior. The third one is excessive, and the fourth one is preeminence. So in all of that, that's the life that he has given us, and we need to know that. 
And if we know that and catch hold of that and get that alive on the inside, we won't hesitate to chase him. We won't hesitate to chase him. And like I said, we've all chased things in our lives. Okay? Everybody in here remember first date? A little anticipation? A little bit of excitement? Okay? If the person was nice, it got a little bit better as you went on. If they weren't, you turned around and took off the other way. But nonetheless, nonetheless, we were pursuing and we're looking for a good expectation. Well, we know that God has good expectations for us in His Word. It is nothing but good. Okay? And it's getting a hold of that. And that's why it's so important that we hear the truth. Okay? Um, heard it the other day. Somebody had passed away and they said, well, we thought, we thought, uh, we think that God, God wanted to take them. Not to be rude, but what does he need them for? Exactly. He needs them here to do something on the earth because men are the only th people that can do stuff on the earth. But no, and that's not knowing the truth. That's not knowing the truth. Okay. Um, this is my thought on that. There's one or two ways to get off the earth. Either the devil snatches you or you just make a decision to go. Okay. Could be in a car accident. That wouldn't be, that wouldn't be your decision. But, and then the other decision is to go. And that's up to us. Just like Jesus said. He said, it's his life. Nobody can take it. You need to know it's your life. This is the life that he's given us. Nobody can take it. You can slip up with your mouth and you can lay traps for yourself if you're unaware of what you're saying or what you're speaking in like what I had heard, okay? Because that gets your mind heading in that direction. We're thinking, well, you know, maybe he's going to take me. No, he, he's not taking me until I ask him to take me, okay? Because I have authority on this earth. God has none. He's given us the authority on the earth. And we need to take hold of that. And that's why we need to chase him. Because the more we chase him, the closer we get. And the, more, the closer we get, the more we can become like him. That is our ultimate goal, to become Jesus. We are him now. But we're not him in fullness or completeness. Okay? We're in the, we're in the body. But he wants us to be the fullness of him. The fullness of Christ. So that we can walk in all that we need to walk in and accomplish what we need to accomplish before he returns. Amen. It's kind of like your workers. If they don't accomplish what you expect by the time you return, usually they don't get paid for what they haven't got done. So, you know, I want, I want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Um, so, you know, that's why we chase him. Okay, he, he talks, uh, and uh, like I said, it's about all of our life. It's not just about our spiritual life. But that's where life emanates from, and we need to know that. If you don't know that, you don't have a clue about life. It emanates from the spirit realm. God is a spirit. Jesus came in the spirit, and he gave us the life of the spirit. Granted, everything else comes with it, but we've got to take hold of that life. And again, it's ours to have and hold. And if you can't hold on to it, you're not going to get it. So it has been given. Hold on to it. And again, we lose it because of our verbiage or because of what we say. All right. 
We don't get that alive on the inside. And again, we've been taught and taught and taught and taught. Pastor Bob and Pastor Ned teach us about it all the time about you need to get it alive in the heart so it comes out your mouth with power. Amen? Amen. So, oh, let's go to Titus 3. We're going to do 4 through 8. He says, but when the kindness and the love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us, through the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that having been justified by his grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life, this is a faithful saying, and these things I want you to affirm constantly that those who have believed in God should be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable to all men. Amen. And again, it's not just the spiritual, but it's everything that we need for abundant life, but this is how we partake of it, okay? Back up to uh, verse 4 again. When did the kindness of, of, of the love of God appear? When Jesus hit the earth. That was his love in spirit form and in body form. And that's what Jesus expressed his entire time on the earth. He forgave sin. He healed people. He did only good. Contrary to what the... Uh, popular consensus of the political people were that day. Okay, because they come out against him. It didn't bother him. It didn't stop him. He kept on going. He still told the truth. And that's what we need to be. And you, can, you know, we can tell the truth politely, but we need to speak the truth, okay? If you don't speak the truth when you need to speak, it's not good, okay? We need to let the people know the truth. Whether they like to hear it or not, you can do it in a nice way, but you need to tell them the truth. Because if you don't share the truth with them, the Holy Ghost doesn't have a chance. See, the Holy Ghost has access if you share the truth with that person. Okay? And <laughs> it's kind of funny. We, we got a good friend that the Holy Ghost is working on, and his, wife is, his wife's a believer, and she stopped and talked to us, and she said, the Holy Ghost is working on him. I, so I said, okay. I said, we're with you. We're praying with you. Let him work. And he's doing things in. She says, I've never heard him say that or never seen him do that. But the Holy Ghost is working on him. So his time is short. <laughs> we need to stay involved in these, in these things here and keep, keep Jesus in the preeminence that he is Deserved of, I put it that way for the lack of a better word, okay? But it is his to have. He is uh, our king, our priest. Everything that we look for in a leader, okay? And I don't know, is anybody, we don't know a whole lot about kings pretty much ruling and reigning. We know that they rule and reign. But I mean, if you go over and study the old, uh, the European stuff, they pretty much laid the law down and that's pretty much what went. And if it didn't, your head's rolled. 
But see, that's not the king that we serve. The king we serve is loving, compassionate, forgiving, and his concern is for everybody. Amen? Amen. And the thing is, we should keep him in the forefront and on our minds all the time because, you know what, when he was walking the earth and when he was going to the cross, he had each and every one of us in the forefront of his mind. I know that's hard to grasp, but he had eternity in everybody that has ever been on the earth or going to come to the earth. They were on his mind when he was going to the cross. That's what he came for. And that's why we need to chase him. See, he actually was chasing us. And he caught us when he died on the cross. Now it's up to us to chase him so that we can, because he's taken all the punishment for us. He, he was sacrificed for us. And uh, he was that spotless lamb that ended all the rest of the uh, sacrifice. So it's important. Um, as I said, people chase entertainment, they chase gambling, they chase all kinds of things, money, in hopes of having that fulfillment, okay? And we need to know that happiness is not in that. It is for a time, maybe, because it says that sin is fun for a season. But you know how the season, well, we don't have many seasons down here in Florida. We got summer and summer, but nonetheless, if you're up north, you know about the seasons changing, right? <laughs> <laughs> we got dry and wet down here as our seasons. <laughs> uh, but we need to know that. You know, it's, I don't know, what was the, what was the, the price of the cheapest ticket at the Super Bowl? $11,000? Where you need binoculars to watch the game? I think that was the cheapest ticket, $11,000. Now you tell me, people chase that and they pay that money to see those guys that are getting paid more money than they would ever be worth in a lifetime. And people go, all the sports figures. It's crazy. Would they pay, would they pay anything to have us come and sit in the stands? I don't think so. I don't think they would. Because that's not where their, theirs is. Theirs is in out there playing a kid's game. I'm sorry, it's a kid's game. I'm pretty much done with sports, okay? When you find out what real life's about, you can pretty much, I mean, you can watch them and you can enjoy them, but um, I'm pretty much over that because of the way the people act about them. But nonetheless, they wouldn't pay to see us. And then they get ugly and angry and push the coach and do everything else and bring a superstar into the stadium, which I could care in the least, okay? But... Nonetheless, I did have some heroes in my day, but they all ended when I met Jesus, okay? When I was a little kid, might sound corny, Elvis was on the scene. My mom bought me the black and white shoes, bought me a little guitar. And you know what? That might be cute, but when you get my age now, it isn't that cute. <laughs> had other heroes and you know what I had good friends that I liked that I thought man I want to get to know these people and you know what once I met Jesus I'm thinking holy cow who are these people <laughs> I mean they were still good friends of mine but I'm thinking you know you, you set them up on a pedestal and 
these people that set up all these movie stars and all these other people and rock stars and that, you know, if the rock star's not promoting Jesus, I don't want to listen to him, okay? I don't want to listen to him. But uh, nonetheless, we've all had our heroes. We all wanted to be like somebody, I would presume, when we were growing up. Amen? So, hopefully none of you want to be like Jack the Ripper, but, you know, if you are, hopefully you got over it. <laughs> Let's take a look at John 7, 37. We're going to do 37 and 38. John 37 and 38. Okay. We know where Jesus was this day. He's at the last day of the feast. He says, on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirst, let him come to me and drink. And he who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Okay. Here's what we need to know. We need to know, one, we are the salt of the earth. Okay. But also, we need to stay thirsty ourselves. And we need to pursue Jesus and try and quench that thirst. I think it'll get quenched when we see him face to face, okay? Other than that, we need to keep, keep drinking, amen? He wants us to be thirsty so that we can uh, be the people and that we can make other people thirsty with the salt that he's given us, amen? We should stay thirsty and we should make others thirsty, okay? Any of you seen the, the uh, marathon runners and you see them running and they're running, competing and competing. Well, people come up and give them drinks of water while they're running so they don't have to stop. Okay? And that's what we need to keep running, but we need to keep the water coming. We need to keep the salt flowing out of us, keep the water coming in us, and we know that that is the water of the Word. Amen? Um, for they are chasing those people. Um, what we don't want to do is we don't want to get lackadaisical because this is something we need to press on into. Okay, it's something that's important. And again, it's like the, the free stuff. People will run you over for free stuff. They will run you over. And the life that we've been given and the life that we share on the inside, you can't put a price tag on it. Jesus gave his whole life. People say, yeah, he died on the cross. No, he gave his whole life. You need to understand, 33 years, he couldn't sin his whole life. Try that for 33 minutes. Okay? Watch your thoughts and everything that goes on. He had to be sinless for 33 or 33 and a half years, however many it is. But he had to be sinless. And people... One, because they're not taught the truth, they can't catch. And they say, well, he was God. No, he wasn't. He was not. He came and gave up his deity. So that, but he walked as a man. And again, I've said it before and I'll say it again. If he had not walked as a man, then we wouldn't be asked to do it. He couldn't ask us to do it because it wouldn't be fair. He walked as a man led by the Holy Ghost according to the Word of God. Everybody in here filled with the Holy Ghost? We are, aren't we? So we're qualified, aren't we? Amen. So 
end again. That's all God wants us to do. Return a life for a life. Our life would never and could never compare. I don't think all the lives on the face of the earth could compare with the one life that was shed and given up that he did. Amen. Amen. And did he know when he hit the earth? I don't believe he did. It's no different than us when we get born again. As you increase in what the Word says, then you find out and you see exactly what God wants you to do, where He wants you to go, and what He wants you to become. I don't believe He knew from the beginning. I think He progressed with the Word of God just as we do, because otherwise it wouldn't be fair. Amen? As we grow into that Word, we will take on His nature, His character, His thoughts, His ways, and we'll take on that anointing where when he asks us to lay hands on somebody, boom, they'll get healed. They'll get healed. And that's what he wants. He wants us to share the love that Jesus came and shared. And it's within that life that he came. And that's why we need to pursue and chase him. Amen. Amen. He's our leader and we need to pursue him. So think about that when you get thirsty. If you need to, take some salt. And it's just keeping things, little things like that keep things before you. Me and Pastor Ellen talk about little things that, but it prompts your thinking to where it needs to be. Is it some kind of a mountain moving thing? No, it's just a little thing. Might only be a word, but it'll prompt you to go where you need to go. Amen. Amen. Matthew 6. We're going to start in verse 25. We might go to verse 34. I don't know. We'll see. Matthew 6, verses 25 through 34. He says, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. It is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. To most people it is, but. We're, we're, I did say we're going to 34 maybe, right? Huh? I just, did I not read 26? Oh, I'm sorry, back up, I apologize. I haven't woken up yet. Look at the, <laughs> Look, look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into the barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them, and are you not, is your value not more than theirs? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet, I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, he, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. 
Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Okay. Sorry about all the static there. Anyhow, <laughs> we need to chase and pursue him as a person. We, we have his... We have his M.O. in the Word, don't we? We got four chapters that show us who Jesus is, show us what Jesus done. But as we meditate on that, but then as Paul, as Paul got into, into the epistles and that, we found out what was going on on the inside of Jesus because Paul had the revelation on that. And what that's going to do, we can see what Jesus did, but now we can get over here and we can see what Jesus thought. I mean, if you'll look at his actions, you can see what he was thinking. But Paul gets over there and he talks more and more about what was going on in the heart of Jesus and on the heart of God so that we can grasp it, so that we can meditate on it and, and get to where he wants us to be. And it is that we want to emulate him. Okay, We want to be just like he is. Your body most likely does what your head tells it to do, I hope. Okay. <laughs> Likewise, us being the body of Christ, we need to do what our head tells us to do. Amen. And it's walking according to the word, being led by the spirit. And, and backing up to what we just read there, we need to know that we don't need to get upset about things. We don't need to worry about chasing clothes, food, and whatever else. That is going to be provided. What we need to do is chase him and chase his righteous way of living. And he said he'll add all the rest of those things. So it's important that we know that. And does that happen the first day you get saved? I don't think so. Okay? We're probably all still working on that. But it's putting our full trust in him because we are chasing him. He is our life. If we don't get up in the morning and tell ourselves each and every day that he is my life, and make ourselves aware of that, it will, it'll get, it'll get, you know, covered up and it'll get more moss on it and it'll get more stuff on it and it'll get to where it's not the first and foremost thing in your heart and you need it to be. Do we have worries and stuff? Yes, we all do. I'm sure we all have them, okay? But that's not what we're concerned with. He'll take care of that. He's got the answer for us. Our answers are in His Word. And as we spend time with Him, we'll take on His character, His nature, His thoughts, His ways, and we'll be able to answer those questions like a snap because we have His, uh, his mind and His heart in us. Amen. Oh, let me find my way here because I've overlapped myself, but I'll get unlapped. We'll be okay. Let's take a look at Hebrews 2, 12. Hebrews 2, 12. Okay. He says, I will declare your name to my brethren. In the midst of the assembly, I will sing praises to you. All right, and I am wondering if I got that backwards. Take me to 12.2. Let's take a look at 12.2. I think that might have been the one I was looking at. There we go. I'm sorry, 12.2. 
Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Okay, it says that we look to him. He is the author and we know he is the finisher of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him, do you know what the joy that was set before him was? That was usens. Amen? That was usens. He endured that cross. And you know what? It has never been shown as graphic as it was. Even in the Passion, people, they backed off on that, that scene and they didn't put it as ugly as he started it out to be. But I don't even think it was that good. It would have been something that probably would have made all of us turn away. to see what they actually did to him. Only even the cat of the nine tails would have been more than I could have probably taken, but nonetheless, okay, nonetheless, he did that for us. He endured that. He endured the despising. He endured the shame. And he did all that for us. And then he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God when he was done. So then he's put it all in our ball field, okay, for us to pick up and take over. We don't have to go to the cross. We don't have to take the beating. You might have to take a few people poking at you, but you know what? Been there, done that. I'm done with that. They can't poke me long enough or hard enough to make me turn my, turn my thoughts or turn my ways away from him. I had family that did that, and they were pretty good at it. Okay? And I did not fall into that, so... He talks in this chapter about doing what we need to do to step into Christ. And it's important that we, sometimes we, you know, and we understand all the promises of God. They are all yes and amen, but we, I'm sure I'm as guilty as the next person. We go to the ones that we like, okay? We all want to be healthy. We all want to be prosperous. But do we all want to walk according to the fruit of the Spirit? Well, the first two, the first three are pretty good, but when we get down to them other ones, <laughs> you know, <laughs> we got to be, we got to be true with ourselves about, yeah, we are to walk in that. If we're going to step into who he's called us to step into, and it's important that we do that. And, uh, you know, the bottom line is, I don't believe anybody in here likes to crucify your flesh. Do you? I don't. It's something that we have to. I'm not necessarily liking it, but we do it, don't we? Because of who he's called us to be. He did it for us, didn't he? He did it for us. He crucified his flesh. He spoke only what God told him to speak. And did only what God told him to do. And that's all we're shooting for in our lives. Once we get to that point, hey, we'll be in good shape. Probably won't have as much junk coming up in your life. If we can control our mouth is, is the main problem. But nonetheless, if we learn all that, then we can walk close to the way he walked. I mean, when we get there. And, but it is an increasing thing and it is a pressing in thing that we need to do. We need to chase him. So, and that's how we chase him. He is the word, so get in the word and you can chase him within that word. The Holy Spirit will show you what you need to do. Whether you like to hear what he tells you or not, we need to do it.
Amen? And you know what a lot of people don't understand is if you'll get to that point to where you'll be as obedient as you can be, it will keep you out of trouble. It might even keep you out of some sad situations, some accidents or some other stuff if we hearken to that. And people say, well, you know, well, Pastor Bob has a story about falling off the roof, okay, because the Lord told him don't reach any further, okay? And I'm sure we've had some other people that, you know, did something that they shouldn't have, and they're not here to tell us about it. But it's important that we learn that obedience to that word because God wants you to live out your life. It said he's promised us a long and satisfied life. Amen? And if he's given it to us, we need to take it. If you don't want to go to 120, fine. Stop at 95 if you want. That's your choice. But nonetheless, we need to chase him till we chase him right into heaven. Okay? Okay? I want to leave the earth because I want to leave the earth. I don't want to leave the earth because the devil's running me out of my body or sickness or anything else or I do something stupid. I've done some stupid things. Lucky to be in the body still probably, but Amen. I'm sure a lot of us in here can say that. We probably all have our stories. Let's go to 1 John 3. 1 through 3. And then I'll give you some scriptures to write down and we'll wrap up. 1 John 3, 1 through 3. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know Him. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed that what we shall be, but we know that when He is revealed, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. And everyone who has this hope in Him purifies himself just as He is pure. Well, you know what? He doesn't have to reveal Himself in the flesh for you to know who He is. The Holy Spirit will reveal to you through the Word of God who He is. And when you see Him, then we can be like Him. Amen? That's what the Word of God is for, to see who we are. That book is written to us. You know, and Paul talks about, you're looking into the mirror. You need to keep looking. So you can pretty much paint a portrait of yourself that you know it that well. And in that, we will be where He wants us to be. Amen. And as we spend time in the Word, your soul's renewed. We know that's usually the biggest problem, right? And our spirit gets built up, and then revelation comes. And again, it's not that we would see Him in the flesh. We would see Him in our heart, and that revelation would come through that, and we would become like Him. It's like the Transformers, the movie The Transformers, okay? One time they're a car, the next time they're a giant robot, okay? Basically, it's as simple as I could put that. But once we're who we are and when he's revealed to us, then we'll be who he is. Not that we aren't right now, but we're not to that completeness, are we? We're not. And it's important. That's why it's so important that you spend time in the Word, spend time praying in the Holy Ghost. And that fullness of that revelation, if it doesn't come when you're on this earth, it'll come when you're standing face to face with him. Okay? I would rather know him 
fully on this earth so that I could operate in what he's called me to operate in and do what he's called me to do. Amen. It is just like training somebody in a workplace. The first day they're on the job, they don't know their left hand from their right. But after they're there years, then they know the job inside and out. They can do the job. They don't need you to tell them anymore other than give them the instructions, which is what the Holy Ghost is going to do for us. So as we grow in that, then we can become. And, you know, like Jesus said, he said he didn't come here for people to serve him. He came here to serve people. And we are the ones that he served. And now he's left us here to do that. A lot of people out there in the world that need to be saved. You know what? As ugly as they are, God loves them. Jesus died for them. So <clears throat> that's a lot of the crucifying of the flesh, okay? And getting your soul renewed. Jot these down. Philippians 2, 5 through 11. Colossians 2, 2 and 3. Romans 12, 2. Romans 12, 2. And 1 Corinthians 2, 13 through 16. 1 Corinthians 2, 13 through 16. John 6, 63. John 6, 63. And 1 John 5, 20. So I guess the rest of the weekend and this week you can get your spiritual track shoes out so you can chase Jesus the rest of your life. Amen. And that's what we need to chase. He is our life. Amen. And do we all like other things? Yeah, we do. You're not, I would say you're not human if you didn't. But no. But we need to pursue the one who has given us this life. Because he will bring you all your desires if you give him the opportunity and keep chasing him and fulfilling what he's called you to do. Amen. Amen. Well, Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you that you've given us that perfect one to chase after, Lord, that we purpose to fulfill what you've called us to do, which is to chase Jesus and to take on his character and his nature and to become like him so that we can finish what he's left us here to finish, Lord. We thank you for it. We praise you and we give you the glory. I thank you, Holy Spirit. You seal all these things on the inside of us that we can walk in them to the fullness that as we step closer and closer into the image of our Lord and our Savior, that we will complete and fulfill our assignment on this earth, Lord. We give you the glory, the honor, in Jesus' name. Amen.